0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, January 17th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini, And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. Ashley, as always, just a slew of stuff in the podcast feeds over the weekend. We kicked mm-hmm. it all off with the regular feed debut of Jan Simpson's latest episode of all the drama. This focused on the 2003 Pulitzer Prize winner for drama by Nilo Cruz called Anna in the Tropics. This had, of course, originally dropped in the Patreon feed a week or so before. If you want to hear all of our episodes, head over to patreon.com Broadway Radio. You can get them all there before they hit the regular feeds, and in the cases of things like Sunlight Could Pop and some special roundtables, they will only live there. So make sure that you are part of our Patreon family, especially as things get picked up for 2022. Then, um, things that dropped on Patreon this weekend and then later in the regular feed, I had a special episode on Saturday talking with New York One's Frank D'Alella about a documentary that he hosted that'll be uh, debuting on PBS this Tuesday, part of Great Performances. It is called Reopening the Broadway revival, he spoke with, I mean, just about everybody, and they had behind-the-scenes footage of shows rehearsing and getting ready to come back on Broadway in this past summer slash fall. So, so, so many icons uh, Cheetah Rivera Lea Salonga um, uh, Laura Benanti and then a ton of people mm. who were on Broadway at the time uh, folks from uh, from Waitress from uh, Jacket Little Pill Moulin Rouge um, Aladdin so many more so it was a great conversation hearing about that and uh, that'll be debuting on Tuesday night on PBS check your local listings and then this week on Broadway on Sunday uh, Jenna James and Michael talked with the librettist Ricky Ian Gordon, who worked with Lynn Nottage to adapt her play Intimate Apparel into an opera that is currently in performances at Lincoln Center Theater. They also talked about a number of streaming shows and uh, some upcoming concerts around New York City. So check that out. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news. And I wanted to start with kind of a conversation piece rather than a news piece, because there's some newsy items in here, but also some really interesting um, features and interviews yeah. and stuff. The first one that I wanted to talk about is the latest article from Michael Paulson of The New York Times called Now is the Winter of Broadway's Discontent. He goes through a lot of the things that we've been talking about in recent weeks about how the um, the increase in, in the Omicron, Omicron variant has led to a lot of shows having to shut down for for a certain amount of time, having to bring in a ton of swings and alternates and standbys just to get shows done, then having to bring in folks who were not even really associated with the show anymore back into cover tracks that they could have shows running. He talks about the financial implications of shutting a show down like Beetlejuice, or not Beetlejuice, um, Rob (laughs) McClure connected there, uh, like Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, uh, like To Kill a Mockingbird, and and others that are going to take these quote-unquote hiatus to give themselves time to get through the worst of this so that they can reopen in the spring or summer um, when hopefully the pandemic will be under control knock on wood and tourism will be back up the one thing that i wanted to point out in this is that he said by next sunday after another set of shows close um, on uh, on the 23rd only nineteen shows will be running in Broadway's 41 mm. theaters. Now, I don't know if that's a low. He doesn't expound on that, but I have to feel like that's a low in my recent memory., yeah. I, I can't think of it. and it really kind Got of a shed bit. a little, yeah, it shed a little bit of light on my upcoming February New York trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two slots left on my uh, on my week, but as of now, not a single one of them uh, of the slots that are filled are filled with a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. There are two Broadway shows that are on my list for potential, but I think I'm going to skip those and go with some things off Broadway, so everything on my February trip, I believe I reserve the right to make any changes at any point that I want because it's my <laughs> damn trip yeah, but Every single one of the shows on my on my list so far is an off-Broadway show. And then, obviously, some 54 and, and Green Room concerts. Of course, yeah. But Tap Dance Kid, Encores, Black No More, New Group, Whisper House, 59 East, 59th, um, uh, Merchant of Venice, The Theater for a New Audience, A Search of Signs, ellipsis at the shed space dogs at mcc alex edelman at cherry lane the ski or the seagull at the skirball center uh, and then a couple concerts at 54 and one at the green room so i i really it's really interesting i i think everybody in paulson's article seemed to believe wholeheartedly that once they get through the omicron surge which is actually believed to be hitting its peak in the next couple weeks even before I get to town in February and then once they get through the always slow time in the winter that things will come back but hearing from producers hearing from performers hearing from Kate Schindel of Actors' Equity in there um, really shed a little bit more light and depth onto the things that we've been talking about so I highly recommend that one
1: sure and it's also I mean one it makes sense that you're not seeing any Broadway shows in general because this is generally the slow exactly it's the slow season Nothing's really open Opening for a couple of months You've seen them all Um and off-Broadway shows are typically better anyway. Correct. Um, but the thing, like you had mentioned that as far as there only really being 19 shows, I think Michael mentions in the article, like most recently, the capacity of all the theaters of people in seats is like 62%, where it was like 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked
0: about that last week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was like 89 right before the pandemic, which also mentioned that it's the lowest since the musicians strike back in, I guess, 2003. So it has mm-hmm. been. Been a while that we are Not seeing these levels of capacity It's been what 20 almost years at this point. Yeah, oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Well, another piece that I wanted to point out comes from uh, the local CBS affiliate in New York WLNY, and they talk with um, uh, one of the producers of the Girl from the North Country, um, uh, Tristan Baker, about the decision to shut down that show. That is one that, like, To Kill a Mockingbird and Mrs. Doubtfire is planning on coming back. Uh, and, but hes talks about the fact that this was a difficult decision it was either close for now and hope to reopen or run for a couple more weeks and then probably close permanently so Mm -hmm. um, that's a really interesting behind the scenes direct interview that I want to recommend but then also this is something that's not only um, hindering theater in New York City as we learned Hamilton in Los Angeles um, had shut down for a while and was planning on coming back um, uh, actually I believe at the end of, of, of January on the 26th they will now resume on February 9th they've been dark since Christmas but they also announced that they will be closing at the Pantages Theater on March 20th. This was um you know, it's supposed to be an open-ended run and they've tried and stopped and all of that stuff. And obviously California has much different requirements um, in terms of COVID mm-hmm. than do a lot of places around the country. So I'm sure that that plays a part in it as well. But Hamilton will be closing uh, on uh, March 20th in Hollywood. And then finally to kind of brighten this up a little bit, um, we got news um, thanks to former Tommy Morgas, Christine toy Johnson um, that, Members of five different English-speaking companies of Come From Away came to Minneapolis um, at the Hennepin Theater to essentially save a touring stop because they didn't have Mm. enough people to go on. And what I thought was really kind of touching about that is that if that's not the spirit and actually almost a direct analogy for the story of Come From Away, I don't know what is. There were literally people coming from away to to help save this show. So uh, I thought that was really lovely. I'm going to be seeing the tour in Columbus, Ohio on, oh gosh, the 13th, the 12th or the 13th with my grandmother. Um, So I'm uh, excited about that, whether it is the normal touring company or folks from around the globe.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, it could be any collection of any cast for the last, what, five
0: years now? Yeah, and I'd be fine with that. Um, I I I think that would be a really special thing. I agree. All right, Ashley, we do have some more sad news to share that actually happened last week after we recorded our Friday episode. And it's something that I'm sure most people who are listening to this podcast have already heard and, and grieved a little bit about. Mm-hmm. But on Thursday evening, it was shared that author and Wall Street Journal theater critic Terry Teachout passed away at the age of 65. He started his critical career part-time at the Kansas City Star while also working as a bank teller um, before <laughs> moving to Harper's Magazine, then the New York Daily News, and finally to the Wall Street Journal in 2003. One notable thing that set Teachout apart from his critical contemporaries is that more than anyone else with a national platform, he reviewed theater from around the country, often traveling to regional productions, premieres, and out-of-town tryouts, and writing about them with as as much interest and with as much um, respect as anything on Broadway. Uh, and, and I think that that was something that, w- that will be missed. I hope that more theater critics, yeah. especially at prestige outlets, do this more often. We see Chris Jones from the Chicago Tribune doing mm-hmm. some things in Chicago and doing some things in New York. He also freelances with stuff, but we don't have a lot of people doing that nowadays Unfortunately. But in addition to Teach critical work, he also wrote books on Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, and many others. His play, Satchmo at the Waldorf, focused on the relationship between Armstrong and his manager, Joe Glazer, and played multiple places around the country, most notably led by John Douglas Thompson off Broadway in 2014. Teach second wife, Hillary Dyson, died in 2020, and he is survived by his brother, David. Godspeed Mr. Teachout.
1: Yeah, this was very shocking to see the other night. Um and obviously you just mentioned Terry's wife Hillary passing away 2 years ago. So had had a lot of grief and then love again in recent mm-hmm. years. I've only had uh, a few uh, interactions over the years with him and has had always been kind. And I think uh, from every tribute I saw over the weekend it was just mentioning his really undeniable, unquestionable love of theater, like mm-hmm. deep, deep love of theater, which you mentioned in talking about how, uh, you know, expansive his work was across the country. And it's, that's a very important thing to talk about is just that it wasn't segmented to, like, he wasn't a Broadway critic or Broadway reporter or whatever specific set of theater you want to talk about. He was a theater insert you know noun here
0: yeah it's uh really a, a loss for everybody and um hopefully everybody who knows him personally or professionally mm-hmm. uh takes a minute to think uh about his life and his impact now all right ashley let's take a real quick moment to talk about our wonderful sponsors that we are welcoming back this week hey. today tips happier news yes so as you all know, I am getting ready to come back to New York for another trip. I've and heard it through the grapevine. Yes, and in the last few minutes in this episode. Yeah. Uh, not to, you know, just pump the sponsor, but true story, multiple tickets that I've, uh, that I've already purchased haven't purchased through today, <laughs> ticks. Yeah. Um, you can find amazing prices there, and what's great, like Terry Teachout, they cover more than just Broadway. They do off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway. They do cabarets. They have so much stuff. It is a one-stop Shop for theater tickets with the best values on the internet. You can download their app or visit todaytix.com to find whatever show that you need to see. It's easy to use. You get your tickets so quickly and so easily. You can use the Today Ticks app. Check out in 30 seconds. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. You are on <laughs> your way.
1: Yeah. As you mentioned, it doesn't matter where you live. Today Ticks is in London. It's in Broadway. It's in cities all across the country in the world, Chicago. L.A., D.C., San Francisco, Sydney, and of course many, many more cities. I... I also, as always, was on Ticks most of last week trying to figure out, you know, we've got shows closing and I was trying to figure out what would be the most advantageous way to see everything. And as always, the most mm-hmm. advantageous way to see everything is to go through ticks. That's so flexible. You can book your tickets months in advance, even day of. And so many exclusive offers. You get exclusive pre-sales, limited time offers, digital. Digital lottery programs and of course day of discounted tickets.
0: Yeah, the way that I got my tickets for Black No More so long before yeah. they were available anywhere else was through an exclusive They're Today Ticks presale. Yep. So see that show that you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to today slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get ten dollars off your first Today Ticks purchase.
1: That's promo code. Broadway at todaytix, slash Broadway for an additional $10 off your first ticket purchase.
0: One more time in case you can't remember or need to write it down todaytix, slash Broadway. All right, Ashley, let's real quick run through some things that have happened on the theatrical schedule, both on the day that we are just actually talking and in the week coming up. Unfortunately, it's all Broadway closings um, on Sunday, January 16th. A number of shows, four of them to be exact, closed on Broadway. Flying over sunset concluded its run at Lincoln Center's Vivian Beaumont theater, following 28 previews and 35 regular performances um, over at the Helen Hayes theater with, uh, with second stage, uh, Len Nottage's Clyde's wrapped up its run, not only, On stage, but also streaming after Mm -hmm. 24 previews and 61 regular performances. Ain't Too Proud closed at the Imperial after an almost three-year run with the pandemic, you know shoved in there mm-hmm. um, after 21 previews and 488 regular performances. And To Kill a Mockingbird supposedly and presumably pauses its performances at the Schubert Theater following 45 previews and 626 regular performances. They do; they have announced that the uh, To Kill a Mockingbird show will reopen with Greg Kinnear on June 1st at the Belasco Theater. So um, I'm, I believe that's to be true. I've heard some rumors um, from a certain uh, source or two of mine that a show that will surprise a lot of people will be returning to or not returning uh, not returning it's not a returning show don't Uh, quote me on that uh, (laughs) a new show will be reopening the Schubert Um, Mm. so keep an eye out for that um uh, Unfortunately, on January 23rd, one of the shows that we've already mentioned, Girl from the North Country, will also be closing up Shop. That does also intend to return later this year with a little bit less specificity than To Kill a Mockingbird gave. And the other one that will be closing on the 23rd is the return engagement of Slave Play. Um, I am sure that that is a show that you will begin to see all around the country uh, and around yeah. the world, um, even though it's not on Broadway anymore following next week. All right, let's get into uh, a few little bits of news before we wrap up the show, Ashley. The first one is um, that there's a new musical from the Title of Show team that I think everybody is super excited about. Um, Hunter Bell and Jeff Bowen, along with Anne McNamee, um, have written a new show um called other world it's uh it, mm. i'm trying to find the right description of it here this heartfelt humorous musical explores the connections people make on and offline while celebrating the families and friendships they need to thrive in any world mm. um adrian Cam- yeah adrian campbell holt is directing the show um, will be running at the delaware theater company from february 23rd through march 20th of 2022 and here's the kicker Hmm? Do, do you know who's starring in it? I don't. One Bonnie Milligan.
1: <gasps> yes, my future wife.
0: Yeah, so that will be – and and Ohio State Buckeye. Ah, of but course, yeah. more important than anybody's yeah. future wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, so that might be worth a trip up to Delaware. Uh, the title of show is just one of those things that just never stops being amazing. Yeah. Um, so very much looking forward to that. Exciting. Yeah, um, also, um, uh, last week it was announced that the, uh, London based Bonnie and Clyde, the musical in concert production, which stars Jeremy Jordan and not Laura Osnes, yeah, uh, in- instead stars Francis, uh, May Lee McCain, uh, that is actually being held tonight the 17th and the 18th at theater drury lane or theater royal drury lane in london yeah. will be filmed um it will be uh filmed live captured and distributed at a later date
1: projected I... on the house across from laura Osnes. <laughs> oh my god uh yeah
0: she does have a lot of parties yeah. with people yeah, unvaccinated. Exactly. <laughs> um i i don't know what the plan will be i imagine it will be first in the the um uh, in the UK, that this will be available, but like we saw with Anything Goes, um, and the Sutton Foster Anything Goes, I imagine mm-hmm. that we will be seeing the this come over to the US very, very uh, soon. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Do Do you have um, a relationship with uh, Bonnie and Clyde at all? Are Absolute, you a, Are you a fan?
1: Absolutely not. But I okay. am happy for the people who are that this actually ended up happening in some form and that it seems like it will make it to a larger audience in some way.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I have a soft place in my heart for Frank Wildhorn shows because mm, yes, on my first trip to New York, yeah. I saw two of them. I saw Jacqueline Hyde, which was fine, yeah. but I loved Scarlet Pimpernel. Right. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, one last little bit of news. Um, it was announced last week that a New York Theatre Workshop is continuing their Safe Harbors NYC and DAC Dominican Artists Collective uh, after earlier collaborations. As part of residencies this season, New York Theatre Workshop and DAC will collaborate on an upcoming Masterclass series and New York Theatre Workshop will continue to support Safe Harbors uh, NYC's third annual Reflections of Native Voices Festival this spring. Um, in the 2022-2023 season, JAG Productions, which is um, a company that's based in virginia will join the company's in residence uh, in residence roster and new york theater workshop is excited to begin a formal collaboration with jag after building a relationship in the upper valley through its annual residency at Dartmouth college excellent so some very very cool things um going on there yeah. so check out the full list of all of the new residents uh over at, uh, at N- nytw because they always do great stuff there and finally your feel good recommendations Live from New York, it was Saturday <laughs> it Night. It was, now it's As, Monday morning. It is. As Ariana DeBose hosted Saturday Night Live, I've included some of the links uh, to YouTube videos of her performances, including um, a couple of skits, but also her opening monologue, and a very, very funny takeoff of The Sound of Music, yeah. which, <laughs> Loved which, it. which really had me laughing very yeah. hard. Um, especially, well, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, don't so, spoil. It was really, really good, and the her monologue included a duet with Kate McKinnon yes. singing some uh, West Side Story <laughs> stuff. Yes. So very, very good, and such a a wonderful thing for a wonderful person, and a great showcase for Broadway as well. Hell yeah! All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at pww Matt Ashley. Where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley.
0: All right, everybody, head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Get on board there and have a wonderful, wonderful week.